Hi. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Da, 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 da. Here we go. Hour number two, the show off and running with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer Inspire. Check them out. Cspire.com. Deals going on all the time. If you ever kind of get into the need for a new phone, if you just check cspire.com, there's always some kind of deal on trade-ins for new phones and you know, trade one in or deals you can get if you act at the right time to save a little money on the cost of the next phone. So check them out right there. All right, so hour two. Here we go. There's going to be some carryover, I can promise you. But we'll get into some other stuff too. Don't forget, you do have uh, important SEC women's basketball tonight, uh, road games. Okay, so we'll get into that. We'll take a look at the schedule and some other stories to cover here in hour two with you. And uh, just have a conversation. So grab a chair, have a seat at the table with us, and lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. If you're on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, hey, howdy. Feel free to comment. Coming to you on YouTube and Facebook. Got some comments there we'll get to. Also, uh, shoot me a text on the Country Please and text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776, a 601 number, 885-3776. Tyler says, on the text line, it seems a lot of fans lost their perceived position sitting in the high chair of ethical recruiting because of name, image, and likeness. Before, Bama was great because they cheated, and we don't. Now, we have to swallow the realization that we are just cheaper than them. <laughs> just don't or can't spend as much. And See, that's the thing, too. That's like People get coaches now throwing around uh, accusations and all. It's like, you know, now it comes down to who's got the money. Well, there's no question who has it. In the Southeastern Conference, anyway, Texas A&M has it. Does even Texas have more than Texas A&M? I don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, this is from Patrick on the Country Pleasing text line. Ole Miss fans logic. Here's what he says. Ole Miss beats State. State beat A&M. A&M Beats Bama, Bama beats Georgia and Atlanta, Ole Miss, 2021 SEC champs. <laughs> Is that right, Patrick? That's called a transitive property, and unfortunately it doesn't work for us. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, he says, forget this class. Look at the last few. One of those top five teams are not like the other. His Paul interview was the truth. They've been doing it uh, this before, name, image, and likeness. Yeah, they're stacking them up, Jason. Now, that is true. Uh, Fisher, you know, like he he took the A and M job when Woodward was the AD. That's who hired him there. The guy who's at LSU now, who just hired Brian Kelly. Woodward was the AD that brought Jimbo Fisher to Texas A and M. Then he leaves and goes to LSU, and in comes Ross Bjork. But regardless, they started chopping wood and recruiting. You know, you always knew A and M could, and they knew they had to, and. Look, Jimbo Fisher, when he was at Florida State, they always out-recruited Clemson. They always did. Now, he did win the national championship 2013, beat Gus Malzahn and Auburn with Jameis Winston. We know that. 
And then, of course, things just absolutely crumbled and fell apart on him at Florida State in spite of number one recruiting classes in the ACC. But it's good to know that during, during the end of his time at Florida State, when Clemson came on under Dabo Swinney, Clemson went to the playoffs, Clemson played Alabama multiple times, Clemson won the national championship and played for it multiple times. All those years, it was Florida State who had the number one recruiting class in the ACC, not Clemson. Okay, so regardless of what happened on the field, they were chopping wood and recruiting at Florida State, too. And and go back, and, and I can tell you, because one of the recruits was from my hometown in Alabama. Back when Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss were making these giant waves in recruiting, remember that? Go back and read some of that. You know who they kept running into? Florida State. It was Ole Miss versus Florida State. For this guy and that guy and this guy. One of the main rumor spreaders about the way Ole Miss was recruiting under Hugh Freeze back then was who? Jimbo Fisher in Florida State. Go back and look it up. So he goes to A&M, and immediately they start chopping wood and recruiting. He can recruit. There's no question about it. They know how to get it done. And uh, they've been getting it done. But they have not been winning. Now, they did beat Alabama this year. But Mississippi State went into A&M, beat them. You know, I mean, Ole Miss beat them. State and Ole Miss have consistently either one or the other or both finished ahead of A&M in the SEC. They, they have. Look it up. Consistently done it. They better start winning. Jason followed it up on the text line. He said, LOL, I just looked. A&M went from roughly 16th in recruiting rankings to top five just by hiring Jimbo and going 500 in conference play. Sumlin, who had a Heisman winner and two straight high-end bowls at Texas A&M, had one top 10 class the whole time he was there. And then Jason said, something stinks to high heaven. And, you know, there is an element of um, – Look, a lot of the guys that are in college right now were huge Johnny Manziel geeks when they were kids. You know, there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks wearing number two. And kind of, if you look closely, some of them emulate his stuff. Because when they were kids, they, they thought Johnny Manziel hung the moon because he was the big thing. And now they're all college kids. But So maybe there's a little bit of a run-up. And you have to give them credit where it's due also. The fact is, and I've said it here, y'all have heard me say it, if your stadium and your fan base and your atmosphere factor in at all in recruiting, then that's an advantage for A&M too. Okay, it is. Anybody who's been there will tell you that. I've said it here. Of all the places, all these years, what do you hear about? Baton Rouge at night, Death Valley at night, nothing like it. Loudest place ever, nothing like it. Top of the rung, you know, and then how big and – 100,000 people in Tuscaloosa, you know, and all these different atmospheres. I'm just telling you, I've been, to, I've been to them. Kyle Field, the way it's built, the way people stack in there, it's a spectacle to see even before kickoff. And then if they're good and they fill it up and get going, there's just nothing like it. It's a whole different thing. And so if that factors in, they have an advantage there also. You heard him mention that yesterday in his comments. But that's a really good point, Jason. Uh, Mailman David says, We know 
Ross Bjork runs an above-board program. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, he knows how it works, doesn't he? Uh, he really does. Uh, there was a few comments here on the live stream I wanted to get to also. Jimmy said, Matt, are you going to post your Mike Leach interview on your YouTube channel? Absolutely, Jimmy. It'll be there. Uh, there's a whole video version. Now, if you look, the Steve Spurrier Jr. interview from yesterday, which was on the radio live, video of that, the whole thing is available for you on the YouTube channel. And the same thing's coming for the Mike Leach interview. We, you know, what you heard here on the radio, the video of it, the whole thing will be on the YouTube channel. That's all going to be there. So just uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Appreciate you asking. Mike commented, <laughs> and he said, um, guys, as a Bama fan, the way we see it is, it's not cheating if you don't get caught. Win at any cost. <laughs> LOL. Well, and I, I, I really, I don't want to be like, I, I don't want to stand here and, and make light of knowingly, willingly people breaking rules when it all costs them, because I don't like that stuff. I don't, I don't like that. But what, what I think is reality here, what I think is reality here, is there just are no consequences. You know, you heard Coach Leach say in the interview the term unbridled free agency. You know, you heard uh, salary. You hear things from coaches. Salary cap. Lane Kiffin, luxury tax for what they spent on their recruiting class. I mean, ain't no consequences anymore. Okay, so kind of just talking about it, laughing about it, I think is Okay. And it's light. It used to be a heavy topic, and it's not anymore. It's light. Uh, a couple things, too. I, I'm, I'm backtracking here, but we had a question from Dog. He was asking me about what, um, you know, the comment yesterday in the Steve Spurrier interview that he didn't think Makai Polk made a smart decision going now to the draft, needed another year in college. He asked me my thoughts on it. I totally agree with Spurrier. And then Dog says, I agree with you. Next question, should Spurrier have said that as his coach to the public? Well, here's my thing, Res Dog. Okay, I can't get away from this, and I'm not always right about it, but it's just where I am on on stuff. And you're welcome to try to convince me I'm wrong on this. My belief is the truth is never unjustified. Okay, the truth's never unjustified. Now, on some things. Maybe like this. You could say, okay, well, the debate is whether it's true or not. Some people don't believe it's true. I'm sure Makai Polk and his family don't believe it. So they believe they made a smart decision. It's time for him to go based on all the information they have. Okay. But but for someone as experienced as coached many players as Steve Spurrier Jr. has at that position, you know, and, he, and, and to him, what he believes is the truth is it wasn't the best time for him to go. Well, that's the case. The truth is never unjustified. Okay. And, and I will tell you, you, you know, what is, you say, okay, should he have said that as his coach to the public? Say, it wasn't a smart decision for him to go now. Well, what do we want from him? You know, I, I got no problem with it. No problem with it. 
there are a lot of other things that are said out to the public that I don't believe should be said. <laughs> but that's not one of them. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. And in big-time athletics, people are not in the business of getting their feelings hurt the way the public is. And that's just that's another sort of fact of the matter. That's what I believe. If you could hear the way they talk to each other at practice and in film sessions and everything else, and then uh, <laughs> non-issue. And, and the frankly, the most competitive people in the world, you ought to hear how they talk to themselves. All they're looking for is the truth. Mr. King texts the show, says, Yo, Matt, should we expect a Nike-supported team like Oregon to thrive in this name, image, and likeness era better than SEC schools? Nah, not at all. Got a bunch of SEC schools who wear Nike also. Mm. Yeah, but you're talking about, you know, Phil Knight. Has, you know, he supports Oregon and has the money and all that. But <clears throat> not really. I mean, CEO of Apple's an Auburn grad, you know. I mean, it's just oil money, Texas. And it's just, it doesn't. That's not the advantage that some people would have you believe, I don't think. Okay. And there are people tuning in that maybe didn't hear this earlier. So let's just go through the clips one more time and we'll come back around. Okay. Let's go through the clips one more time and we'll come back around to it. <laughs> All right. Here it is. So Nick Saban, he, he, he did not target Texas A&M directly at all. He didn't. But in a in a non-audio video recorded, it was being reported on by and so written about, but we don't have audio of it. At the Senior Bowl, he said, "There's people out here saying, you know, name, image, and likeness. Now it's just we can do it above, you know, board uh, on top of the table." He said, "Well, we never did anything below the table. We don't pay. We didn't. We, we've never paid guys to come here to Alabama. That's what he said, and that was on the tales of this that he said in his signing day press conference. Somebody should pick a school because of the institution, uh, the relationships that they have, uh, how they can develop." personally, academically, and athletically, and the kind of program um, that they have and the kind of institution that they want to go to. So uh, I just hope that it doesn't get to where name, image, and likeness deals are created you know, for high school players uh, to get them to go to a particular institution. And I'm not accusing anybody of that. I'm not saying anybody did that. That's not why I'm saying this. I'm just saying philosophically, I think it's great that players can earn the right to make money uh, through name, image, and likeness when they're on a college team. I just hope it doesn't get to that point uh, because then you open up you know, a, a whole new can of worms when it comes to recruiting. When it comes to recruiting, he said that, things going around. He talked about then in the follow-up thing at the Senior Bowl. You know, People are saying, you now do it above board. And well, We never did it to begin with. That was Nick Saban. And then this, yesterday, from Lane Kiffin, during his signing day press conference, it was via zoom online you know we don't have the same you know funding resources as as some of these schools do you know to for these nil deals and so it's basically like dealing with different salary caps we now have a sport that has completely different salary caps and some of these schools are you know whatever five ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players 
So I know nobody uses those phrases, but that is what it is. So I joked the other day, I didn't know if Texas A&M was going to incur a luxury tax, you know, and um, how much they paid for their signing class. Texas A&M, luxury tax, what they spent on their signing class. So then you had Jimbo Fisher's response. A lot of money is being spent and just your Here's what I'm going to say. This is point blank. This is point blank to the – because here, here's, here's my problem. There is no $30 million fund. There is no $5 million. There is no 10 This is garbage, okay? And it does. It pisses me off that people – and here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the Internet. It's gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league to say it, Clown acts, all right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guys griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll, trust, I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. The other thing, when you look at, at, at vice president, I get another one, vice president of Notre Dame. Supposed to be a rep university, right? That's a heck of a person leading a rep university. I'd be real proud if I hired that guy. Read it off sliced bread. It's funny, when Nick Saban said his quarterback got an $800,000 deal, it was wonderful. Now it ain't wonderful no more, huh? But ours, at, ours we ain't got that. Ours are on record what comes up. We ain't doing all them big deals. There ain't none on our place that we know of. That's funny when you do it. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke, and it's insulting to, uh, to our staff, how hard we work, to how we do things, and it's insulting to Texas A&M because there ain't a better place to go to school and play ball. If you don't like it, we're coming on. Get used to it. All right? We ain't going nowhere. It, it, it's, it's an absolute joke that people put the hard work in and do it. It's irresponsible, but it's funny when they get it, it's all okay. Ball games are changing, man. And it ain't because of NIL and what goes on. It's pretty irresponsible of all of them. They're clowns. We'll go next. If they got a problem with it, come see me. I ain't a hard guy to find. <laughs> but how does he really feel? <laughs> how does he really feel? Come on, Jimbo, tell us how do you really feel? Listen, I mean, in Jimbo, like he's bowing up. You know, they're they're clowns. Um, you know, they got a problem, tell them to come talk to me. They know how to find me. I mean, you know. He making friends. <laughs> he was just he was just letting it rip. And keep in mind, y'all, keep in mind, on December the 15th, 49 days ago, not even two months removed, 49 days ago, December the 15th, on the Paul Feinbaum Show, here is the voice of the same guy, Jimbo Fisher, 49 days ago. There was a lot of NIL deals going on before, Paul, before all this was going on. They just weren't legal. <laughs> no one told nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you balance that out? Like, where are we on that? What's the nuance I'm missing, y'all? I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy's hilarious, okay? And he's he's obviously a good football coach. And he seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. If you've seen the commercial where he's in the truck with uh, Marty and McGee and he starts singing, 
if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, you know? I mean, <laughs> he, he sounds like a guy that would be fun to be around. But the kind of guy, when he starts getting mad, you know how you've always, you've all had a friend who sometimes, you know, you pick on each other all the time. And he's no different. You're all buddies. But every now and then, he just gets, it gets under his skin. He starts getting really mad. And when he does, everybody just laughs harder. <laughs> he ain't doing nothing. Calm down. <laughs> now, ain't no point in getting mad. Nobody's scared of you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's kind of how it sounds. I think I'd like to hang out with Jimbo. But what is it? What am I missing here? They're clowns. How dare they? They ain't no fun. I don't do that crap. You ever been to a game here? That's why people are coming here. I mean, it's great. It's the best place in the world to get a. They're not be accusing me of anything. Thirty million dollars, whatever. There was a lot of nil deals going on before Paul before all this was going on. They just weren't legal. <laughs> no one <told> nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> and the man, and here's the thing about it too. He did all this yesterday in his press conference and had it all written down on a note card. <laughs> did you notice that? <clears throat> he had his notes written down. Bro Bible, sliced bread, vice president, Notre Dame, Lane Kiffin. But he didn't say Lane Kiffin. He just said clown. <laughs> Calling him a clown. And I guarantee you, Jimbo and Lane are going to get together and and probably cackle at this whole thing at some point. <laughs> I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. The Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio. Right now. Now. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show. <laughs> Minnie Pearl. Hey, and I kind of agree, Mike. Uh, he says Saban and Kiffin are both laughing at Jimbo for getting mad and getting caught on video saying that stuff. I kind of agree. You know good and well they're going to like, next time they see him, they're going to be like. <clears throat> <laughs> and then he's going to laugh. And Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall? He said at the end of it, they got a problem with it. Tell them come see me. I ain't hard to find. What about in a crowd, Jimbo? You hard to find in a crowd? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. That's fun. Boomer Sooner on the Country Pleasing text line, he said, you got to love Kiffin. And listen, what's funny about it, y'all need to go watch it, okay? Because Kiffin says this, and just picture him. There was this pause, you know, because you're on Zoom, and you finish your answer on Zoom in a press conference, and then you wait for the next question. There's always this awkward pause. So he's just sitting there. So he says it, Texas A&M, how much they spent on their class. And then he just goes, <laughs> and he's just grinning there for everybody to see it. <laughs> The more I think of it, the, more, the funnier it gets. So I just probably need to move on. All right, so uh, important SEC women's basketball tonight. It's uh, First up is Ole Miss. They are on the road at Missouri. Coach Yo and uh, the Lady Rebels at Missouri, 4 p.m. tip. You got uh, Missouri as a 16-win team, team, I believe, and uh, Ole Miss sitting there at 17-4. and four. 
They're fourth in the SEC right now. This is important uh, for them because after the trip to Missouri, they're not going to play on Sunday, but then on Monday uh, they'll turn around and host LSU, who right now is a top 15 team, followed by a return trip next weekend, uh, the weekend after, uh, no midweek, but uh, followed by a week off and then a trip to Mississippi State in Starkville. You know, and they got the best of state in Oxford. State's been playing better basketball. And so speaking of Coach Novak and the Mississippi State women, they are on the road tonight at Auburn. Auburn under former Mississippi State assistant Johnny Harris, and they are struggling. I think Auburn's like a nine-win team, but State is sitting there at 13-7 and seven and uh, have won two in a row coming into this one after losing three in a row, started by that loss to uh, Ole Miss. They've won two in a row. Now, the two they won were both at home against Missouri and uh, Texas A&M, but both fairly convincing. I mean, you had a 15-point win over a pretty good Missouri team. You had a 20-point win over a not-so-good A&M team. Now you're on the road at Auburn, and uh, so it's an opportunity there with a couple of home games coming up after this road game tonight for Mississippi State. They'll turn around and host Florida, then host Ole Miss. And uh, the back end of the schedule is going to be really tough because three of the last five games – for the Mississippi State women are on the road. And their last five are at Kentucky. That'll be tough. Hosting top 15 LSU. Back-to-back road trips at Missouri. And then at top 10 Tennessee Lady Vols. And the final game of the year will be hosting Arkansas. So in their last five, three are on the road. One of them at a top 10. And then, you know, you got two home games. One of those hosting a top 15 ranked team in LSU. So... You know, all the more reason that a game like tonight against a, a very beatable Auburn team on the road is a road win that State really needs to pick up. But they're fun to watch. They're playing really hard, kind of shorthanded, but, man, they are gutsy. And so they're really uh, easy to pull for. Here is a news story. It, I mean, this is several hours old. It was out there actually just before we came in the air, but I haven't gotten to it yet. just want to make you aware. You may be working today, listening on your radio, or uh, and hadn't – glued yourself to social media, so maybe you didn't know this. I just wanted to pass it along. Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding arrested and charged with driving under the influence by Northport Police there in Alabama this morning. Early, it says early this morning. It was like at 1 a.m., so you're talking about just after midnight, but technically early this morning. Mm. Northport, it says Northport. For those that aren't aware, Northport basically is Tuscaloosa. Okay. You got Tuscaloosa proper and you got Northport. I I I mean I guess I've been there a million times and I guess geographically they're sort of divided by the um uh the the Black Warrior River that, that runs you know right there like you you're in downtown Tuscaloosa and let's say you're headed west from downtown Tuscaloosa towards um Mississippi. Well, you you leave Tuscaloosa, you cross over the bridge over the Black Warrior River, and boom, you're in Northport, basically. You know, so but they're all connected, and like if you don't go that way, you know, you go around Tuscaloosa on Old 82, which goes through all those red lights. You can kind of bypass it, but either way, they're they're basically connected. It's basically the same place, um, and that's Northport. So it was early this morning, Northport Police Assistant Chief Keith Carpenter confirmed the arrest of Pete Golding. Been a part of Alabama's coaching staff since 2018, promoted to defensive coordinator 2019, 
Alabama officials are aware of the arrest and still gathering information. Uh, it comes just days after they secured the number two ranked recruiting class. He's a Louisiana native. On Wednesday, and this is this stings too. You got your head coach out there talking about you the day before you go get arrested. On Wednesday, Saban credited Golding for doing a quote great job of selling the product because the players know that he cares about them. Saban said Pete's got a great personality. I think he really works hard at it. He's a really good coach, and he has a good relationship with the players on the team. And I saw well and good, but you just can't make this mistake. You know, it is a mistake. You know, you just you're glad he's fine. You're glad he didn't hit somebody. Indrum, but it's hard to have sympathy for somebody who gets behind the wheel drunk. Puts uh, everybody else in danger. You want to put yourself in danger, be stupid, go ahead. Um, don't put innocent people in danger, and that's what you do. So um, it's really a selfish thing. So anyway, that story is out there. They're aware. We'll see what happens. You know, um, a lot of times, a lot of times coaches and things they don't lose their job over stuff like that. You know, we can debate whether or not they should, uh, but a lot of times they they don't lose their job. Uh, but he might. Yeah, he might. Not going to celebrate somebody's downfall and make light of it, but, you know, you just can't be in that position. Go get yourself drunk, get behind the wheel of a car. You just can't do it. Cannot do it. And it cannot be allowed. You know, and if you're a head coach on the staff or if you're the AD, you know, there's a pretty stiff, I think, unfortunately, there's a pretty stiff precedence you have to set on that kind of thing. Mm. You know, and I'll go back to sort of the way I've worded this in the past about all kinds of stuff. I mean, <clears throat> whether it's my job or yours, we've talked about the job of officials. It could be anybody, anybody in any line of work. You know, there is a there is a threshold of offense that if you cross it, you can't for, for many reasons, including setting the precedent to set the standard of this is what happens if you pull this kind of stunt. And it and the threshold says if you cross this line and pull this kind of stunt, guess what? That's it. The end. I don't want you to do it. I don't set this. We don't set this standard because we're happy to ruin somebody's life or fire you. But the point is, we're saying we're not allowing it. I just don't care what, don't care how good you are at your job and how successful and how long you. I don't care if you cross that line. You pull. You pull a certain type of stunt. I'm not running you back out there. And that's the unfortunate thing. See, and mistakes like that, bad decisions. It may totally hiccup. If I do it, it may totally hiccup my life right now. I mean, it may put me on a totally different path. It may completely interrupt the path of my life. But it doesn't mean I can't recover from it. You know, there's plenty of people who pick you up and give you another chance. And we deserve more chances. But it's understood. It's just like in my job. You know, I, if I pull a certain stunt, that'd be it. I kind of know that now. So it's up to me not to do it. And I just think, you know, when you're, I mean, when you're in that position, 
you just can't do that. You cannot do it. Chuck, on uh, the YouTube live stream, he says, uh, I don't like using the word mistake in these situations. Um, he said, misspelling chrysanthemum is a mistake. Drinking and driving is a decision that you should be held responsible for. Yeah, Chuck, I, I think you're, you're right. I mean, you know, I said mistake. Could call it a bad decision. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You know, there, there, there is a difference. Um, Mike, Bama fan Mike on the YouTube live stream says, no sympathy for a drunk driver. Yeah. Mm -mm. None whatsoever. Chuck was joking that some cop in Northport's about to get fired. Now, Jason in Flagstaff, he says, dang it, he's an, in there in Northport on Pickwick, right where the three state lines kind of get all jumbled up right there, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama. Well, there's an, well, I mean, there's an Eastport. I know, and that maybe that's what you're thinking of, which is not too, I mean, it's, Eastport's in Mississippi, not too. I mean, you probably are familiar. I, I hope I'm not insulting your sense of geography right there because it's right there where you're from, Jason, up there in that Iuka area. I mean, it's in Eastport, and like Eastport Marina is actually in Mississippi on Pickwick. But like, you know, you get in a boat, you go not too far, boom, you're in, you know, you're at Wilson Dam in Florence, Alabama, and Lake Wilson's on the other side of the dam, you know, so like maybe that's what you were thinking. Or maybe there's one I don't know of. It's been a long time since I was in a boat up there, to be honest with you. All right. Uh, when we come back, a couple of historical notes. But I do want to cover something that we didn't get into yesterday. Everybody else has been talking about it. I have some sound bites and uh, a thought or two of what's going on in the NFL right now. And it's a very, very important thing also. And that's how we'll wrap things up with you next here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stay with me. And here comes Matt Wyatt up to the plate. The pitch. Whoa, it's a high five. Knocking him out of the park for great sports talk. I'm talking way back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, here we go. Back with you, all set to wrap things up. Got a little time left. <clears throat> here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Excuse me. Just what I need is a little sip of hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. That's the real deal right there. Get your coffee at highpointroasters.com. You'd be glad you did it. I'm glad I did it. Hey, listen up. On this day in 1968 on American Bandstand, James Brown got up on the stage and had a feeling. Break your, break your hip. <laughs> <laughs> what make, you? make you break your hip. Yeah. You gotta feel it. Heavy. 
That's what that feeling is. Your hip, yeah. your hips hip. out of joint. <laughs> Come on. All right. The song I Got That Feeling. James Brown. American Bandstand on this day, February 3rd, 1968. It doesn't get any better than that. Let's go. Here he goes. Here he goes. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby. I got the feeling. All right. I got another one. I got another one for you. On this day in 1996. Can't be better than that one. Hold on now. You just wait just okay. a minute now. You you may be surprised there, sir. 1996. On this day in 1996, on the TV show Touched by an Angel, Mississippi's own B.B. King was a guest star. Yeah. Making Lucille talk. I'm talking. That guitar is speaking. You know, and playing a little clip, you know, sometimes causes it to get muted on Facebook. Yeah, of course. Well, but who cares? It's just worth it. It's oh. like the guitar is speaking. Oh, yeah. It's talking to you. Okay, so um, I just thought I'd point that out. I knew you'd get a kick out of that, Biff. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like it. I have a sports news story, too. It's Mississippi-related. Hang on. All right, Woo. so he was on. You, know, you talked about "Touched by an Angel." I did, don't mean to interrupt you there, but that's the fine. Guy from, guy from Mississippi Gulf Coast was on that show. The yeah, guy who played Andrew. His yeah, Andrew. Uh huh. Or the Angel. Yeah, the Angel. He was from the coast. Yeah, you know, I read about He's him. Passed away uh, just a few years back. Right. That's I thought I read that, that too. Show, yeah. yeah, it's a great show. You can go back and watch those reruns. Um, baseball news. It has been announced today, USA Baseball has appointed Ole Miss head coach Mike Biancos, the manager of the 2022 Collegiate National Team. He's the winningest coach in Ole Miss baseball history. They went to the College World Series in 2014. The national team competes most of the time during the summer following uh, the completion of the college baseball season. So the rest of the staff and schedule and all that kind of stuff is going to be announced at a later date. But hats off to one of the good guys uh, an outstanding coach. What he's built at Ole Miss is just nothing short of miraculous. Uh, he's a great coach and a great human being. Mike Bianco, he's going to get to coach the uh, the collegiate national team for USA Baseball. So uh, not surprised at all. Very, uh, very, very deserving. Okay, listen, this is um, – some people might say this is one of those echo chamber topics, and what I mean by that is something that everybody in the entire world uh, of sports is talking about. And so it's been covered back to front. I, I just I haven't covered it with you here. And I had some thoughts on it and and we got time. But you know, it's what came out yesterday, this lawsuit by former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. You know, they, they fired him in Miami. Multiple reasons. Now he has uh, the lawsuit against the NFL and several teams regarding um, 
you know, racism in the hiring practices of the NFL. But it's twofold also in that there's some serious allegations as to why the Dolphins fired him to begin with because don't forget he had a winning record as the head coach of the Dolphins. Bad owner, bad roster, bottom five quarterback, back-to-back winning seasons, yet they fired him. And then it comes out and is proven in these text messages and other stuff that these teams are giving him, have given him, the Broncos, the Giants have given him these token interviews in that they had no intention whatsoever of actually interviewing him for their job. They had to because the Rooney rule is out there. It says you, you have to consider uh, black candidates for your coaching jobs, for your head coaching jobs. So there's a lot in it. 58-page lawsuit. It accuses the Giants of interviewing Flores who, uh, for the head coaching job after the team had already decided to hire Brian, Brian Dable from the Bills because they have text messages from Bill Belichick basically proving that. There were, there were mistake text messages where Bill Belichick got his Brian's wrong and, and texted Brian Flores, oh, I hear they're giving the job to Brian Dable. Sorry about that. Got my Brian's mixed up, basically. You know, you can go read them for yourself. And Flores is like, hold on, I ain't even interviewed for it yet. So it was almost like that was sort of the last straw. But I want to know, too, that, you know, you've got that side of this, but you've also got the side of this of the NFL owner offering Brian Flores a heck of a football coach, a heck of an upstanding guy, offering him $100,000 checks to lose games and to play poorly just to improve their draft position back in 2019. And, and he recently said in an interview he couldn't go along with that. This game's done a lot for me, mm-hmm. uh, a lot for me personally and my family. Um, and I've said this you know, on other you know, shows, but my parents are immigrants. I'm first generation. I grew up with, you know, you know, in a tough neighborhood here in, in, in Brooklyn, Brownsville, where there's crime and poverty and, you know, violence. Um, and it was hard to, to make it out of there. And the game of football is a reason why, or a big reason why, along with a lot of the great people that mentors I've had in my life, why I was able to have the success that I've had. So to disrespect the game that way um, was, was, was something that, you know, trust was lost, and there were certainly some, some strained relationships, and ultimately I think that was you know, to my demise in, in Miami. Back-to-back winning seasons as the Dolphins head coach, they fire him. He got a, this is a sham interview in 2019 by the Broncos when Elway and the, the owner and the GM show up drunk. And then he says that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, fired him, again, a couple winning seasons, with disdain and portrayed him as, quote, someone who was non-compliant and difficult to work with after Flores refused to purposely lose games to secure a higher draft pick. When they asked him at the time, why'd you fire Flores? Uh, Ross just noted um, uh, communication issues. So he said, had communication problems. The NFL, all three teams, they deny any wrongdoing. Here's my thing. You got those text messages in your hand from Bill Belichick? How do you deny that? You know, the Giants just hired um, Joe Judge, a Bill Belichick assistant. Uh, Bill Belichick has strong Giants ties. They hired Joe Judge off of Bill Belichick's staff, fire him. You know, good well they communicate. And in a text message before he's even interviewed, Brian Flores 
gets a mistaken text message from Bill Belichick, who already knows that the Giants are going to hire Brian Dable. He just got the wrong Brian. So you're going to sit here and deny any wrongdoing, but how? That's what I want to know. And it has nothing to do with Brian Dable. I'm sure he is very capable, probably deserving of being a head coach. But how do you deny any wrongdoing in the way you treated and the way you approached Brian Flores? You're just satisfying a rule with no intention of taking him seriously at all. Now, what about the Saints? They need a head coach. Here's Mickey Loomis, GM, New Orleans Saints. How's the coaching search going so far? Well, it's, um, we're in the middle of the process. We've had three, um, three uh, candidates in. They, they were all uh, really impressive in their own right, and we've got some more work to do. Not getting into the lawsuit, but just the, the Brian Flores. Yeah. You had an interview with him, correct? Yeah, we did. And what can you say? Did it go well? Was, how did it... Yeah, he was very impressive, and, and we, had, uh, uh, yeah, we, had a, we had a great interview, and um, it went well. It's Mickey Loomis. Very impressive. We did have an interview, and it went well. You've all heard, you know, Dennis Allen most likely going to be elevated on that staff. And here's the thing about it. Dennis Allen's been an NFL head coach before and was utterly awful. Single-digit wins, double-digit losses. And Flores, a guy who can coach, I mean, ain't no doubt. They can stick it together. They won seven games in a row this year, finish above 500, back-to-back winning seasons. And he's the kind of guy that, um, I mean, he stood up. He was not going to be involved in tampering with Tom Brady and was not going to be involved with losing for a check. i got to be honest with you. Lawsuit or anything notwithstanding, it's the kind of guy I would hope to play for. And I think the New Orleans Saints ought to seriously consider hiring him. I don't care what else is going on. We'll see you all tomorrow.